0: Hey hey, what's up heart fam? Welcome back to the Heartlift podcast, where we know physical beauty is fleeting, but character, now that's lasting. It's time to grow together, so come get yourself a Heartlift. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have you back this week, and today is a very special day. It's a special episode because I have my very first guest. I'm really excited, it's someone that I look up to, someone that offers a lot of wisdom, and so I think that you will be able to gain a lot from this interview. So I'm gonna go ahead and introduce her. She is my mom, her name is Anna, and she's here today. Mom, can you say hello? Hi, it's good to be here. Okay, well, I have a series of questions that I'm going to ask her, and we're just going to go ahead and get started with the first one. The first one is Where did you grow up, and how did it impact your life?
1: Well, I grew up in a beautiful and a small country called Costa Rica in Central America, and I am from a large family nine children. Can you imagine? Nine children. And I am the oldest one. I have to do a lot of things. i a say, you know, um, orders of the siblings. Take care of them. I help my mother uh, when she was working. And it was a hard time, you know. We were poor. We didn't have enough uh, income from the family, and um, my father worked in the farms, and my mom are uh, doing laundry for other people, and I have to help my mother, take taking care of my children, her children, <laughs> of my children, her children, and. That, that was very difficult, but at the same time, I think that this impact my life in a way that uh, family is very important for me, family-centered. I am family-centered, and it's very important for me to just um, be in contact with my family, my siblings, everyone in the family. But you know, it's it's very important to be family-centered. Family Family matters. I understood now, I didn't understand in that time why I have to work so hard. But this makes me stronger um, we have to use any small resources to live and to provide for our lives. And sometimes when we have to uh, do our own clothes, um, maybe uh, we have something that was old and then we make something new from that. Because I know how hard it was for me in that time and for my parents to give us something like a, a toy. I didn't have a toy when I was you know growing up. I didn't have a luxury of clothes or shoes or you know any other things. But this is something good for me. I learn to appreciate everything and also to give thanks to God for everything that I have today. And I believe that I am reaching my goal, the everything in life. And just look back and I say, thank you, God. Thank you because what I didn't have in that time, but I was happy, I enjoy it. And now I give thanks for the much that you are giving to me.
0: Awesome. Yeah, you definitely learned a lot. Your childhood was uh, very complicated, but it's pretty awesome that what you go through when you're young truly impacts you, and you learned a lot of lessons. Well, one of the lessons that I had to learn was my walk in with Christ, and I mean, my mom knows that she raised all of her children to believe in God and to know God, to know Jesus and there were some times where I definitely rebelled and wanted to figure out my own way, but I'm so, so thankful for her prayers and her guidance because I don't know what I would do without God in my life. And so we are going to be talking about Christianity and what that looks like, what how she's encountered God and um, all of those things. So we're going to start with the first question, which is, when was the first time You encountered God well I cannot forget that day the first
1: time that I encountered God I was eight years old a little girl my father became a newborn Christian and I was watching looking at my father all the time at eight years old what he was doing because he changed like crazy. It was a change in his life that we have to look at him and say, wow, he is different. He didn't swear anymore. He was so calm. He was so patient. and. He chose more love and care. Uh, f- by that time, he was different. And I was eight years old, and I was looking at my father, and I said, What happened with him? Because sometimes I was afraid when he was yelling or, you know, doing all these kind of things. And um, one thing that I noticed was that he was reading every day what I called by that time, a black book. And I said, wow, what that book says. I never saw that book before, just now that my father was a newborn Christian. And one day I just decide I decided that I wanted to see that book. And when he went to work, I went, I looked that my mother didn't see me because my mother was not that happy that he changed what she said in that time, religion. But I wanted to know what the book says. And I went, I looked at the book for the first time, I had it in my hands, and then i started looking at the new testament and i was looking all this chapter what jesus did and what jesus how caring he was and all the miracles and everything and i was fascinated really really fascinated And every time that my father went to work, I also went to the place and took the black book, that is the Bible, and I called the black book. But um, I was trying that my mother didn't see me because she was going to get really mad at me. Uh, One day, my father was going... Sunday morning to church. And then I begged him to take me with him because I wanted to know more about what he was doing there in that different church. And um, he said to me, no, I cannot take you now because we don't want to make your mom uh, sad or mad. And I want to wait when is the time we will go together. Um, I just looked at him going and I said to myself, "I need to go today." And then I start running, running, running and get to him and took him by his arm, arm, and then I said, "I wanted to go." He looked at me and he said, "Well, let's go.
0: Did he know that you were sneaking the Bible?
1: No, he didn't know. Okay. He didn't know. And then uh, I went, my mom, I heard her, you know, screaming, come back. And my father just waved at her and kept go- going with me. We went to the church, and I was there. And when the services started, I feel like I was in heaven. And I said, why, I eight years old? happy to be here in this place, but God was doing something special in my life. And when they start singing, it's like angels were singing for me. And, And it's something in my heart that I was touched and I wanted to hear more and more singing and I start crying. And uh when my father looked at me and I was crying, he said, Don't worry, your mom is not going to do nothing bad to you. And I said, No, I am no worried about mom. I am so happy. It's because I was happy. And you know what? I was so happy through the whole service. And after uh the preacher, um gave the invitation for someone to give the life to Jesus Christ. I really was ready at eight years old because that message from that preacher was just for me. Answer all the questions for that little girl how God loved me, how wonderful he is, that I I don't have to be afraid to talk to him, that he is always with his arm open. And I just went, run to the altar to give my life to Jesus. And that was a day that I can never forget.
0: That is pretty amazing. I love that story. I know that for me, it was very different. It took me longer. And my first encounter with him was when I was a little older. So it's pretty amazing that God can touch you at such a young age. Okay, so there are some Christians out there in the world that believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he did miracles, that he healed while he was alive. But unfortunately, some believe that he doesn't do that anymore. That because he doesn't live on this earth anymore as a human, that it's a thing of the past. But of course, we know that's not true. The Holy Spirit is here and he's still healing today. He's still doing miracles. He's still doing supernatural things through his children. And so I wanted to ask you, Can you explain a supernatural experience that you've had with Jesus? Amen, yes.
1: I have so many supernatural experience that I have with Jesus, encounter with Jesus. And one thing very important is that we have to believe. Uh, If we don't believe, and it's very difficult to explain this because faith is no base just in, lo- in the unknown, but faith exists in me because I already know who god is and he revealed himself to me not just the creation like i was talking and through jesus in the bible but did it to me my face is based in what i expect before i could see the manifestation of who is real that is if you if you, have, if you say that you have faith, but uh, you don't expect anything, and then it's very complicated to explain. But if you have faith, and you know in whom, who you have faith, then you know why you believe in that person. And you know what you can expect, even if you don't have it in your hands. And that is for me. And one experience was when I was, 13 years old, and by that time, the whole family was a, a newborn Christian, and we were practicing the Christianities in that time. and um, Like I said before, I I come from uh, nine, nine children, well, a, big, a large family. And um, I have my little daughter, little uh, sister, and I, you know something that, because I took care of my siblings, sometimes I feel like I was the mom too, because I I was taking care of them. And sometimes I feel that. But I was 13, like I said. Uh, One of my little, my little sister, uh, she was six months old, uh, one, morning around maybe seven o'clock she started being sick and my mom my mother thought it was just something you know that is going to pass like a, a call or something like that and it was the whole day um, she didn't get better and the next day uh, my mother gave something to help her went to the pharmacy and then was a second day and a uh, Around seven o'clock, my sister started really getting sick, and the fever was really high. And it was no chance to go nowhere, just to the the pharmacy. And when um, we went there, said so it's nothing that we can do. Just uh, uh, cold water, and my mother doing all that. And my mother took her in her arms and dragged her all over, trying you know, to calm her because she was crying. And suddenly she started just con- with convulsions and uh, shaking. We were so scared. And that was really a uh, time, like uh, from eight to nine o'clock. To noon time, at noon time, I heard my mom screaming, screaming, and she said, "My, my little daughter died. My little daughter died. My sister died around noon time. It was so sad. I, I cry. Everybody cry. My, my mother was without any peace in her soul. She was so stressed out, and everyone." She died that day at noontime. We prepared everything for her, and we did in Costa Rica in that time, a call hours was the whole night. It's you not know, like here you go one hour or two. No, it was the whole night. And around five o'clock, my sister was ready, you know, and the big white thing, um, just for that um, call hours. Everybody, Coming, all the families, all the friends, people, neighbors, everybody, because my father was well known around because he preached the gospel and uh, we were really sad the whole night we sing sometimes we pray another time we hug each other um, cry a lot and all that but at five o'clock in the morning my father said uh, we had to be prepared because between six and seven uh, we have to start going to the the cemetery to bury my daughter and then he asked everybody to join join hands and be around uh, my little sister the that was a moment, that uh, I believe I'm not, going, I'm not going to see her anymore. And I touched her. I touched her feet and her, her uh, little hands. It was really stiff. I couldn't move it. It was like a, a chunk piece of ice, all her body. My father said, we are going to give thanks to God for the short life of my little daughter. And then we join hands and we start praying. And he started leading the prayer. And he said, Jesus, Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity that we have to have my little daughter for this six months i know that you are powerful i know that you are real i believe that if you take it with you it's because it's her time but also i believe that if you if if your will you can uh, bring her back to life like you did when you were on earth and in that moment that he said that, my sister is screamed really loud. Everybody fall down on the floor because they were scared to hear that and to see her coming to la- back to life. My mother just run, took her, hauled her, run around the property, was jumping. My, hallelujah, my God. Your God did a miracle. I saw my sister, little sister Emilse, coming to life. Oh. And really, I cannot forget this. And I always uh, say it when I am preaching or when I am giving testimony about this miracle that Jesus De, de
0: wow, that is really amazing. Uh, that's just such an amazing miracle because I mean, you felt her. You felt her. She was ice. She was cold, and she truly was revived back to life, and that's amazing. Wow. Um, I know of a miracle when I was alive and when I was around. Um, and that has to do with your cancer, right? You were diagnosed yes. with cancer. So I would love if you could share that testimony. In
1: 2007, I was diagnosed with um, uh, uterus cancer, Hmm. and um, I was feeling really bad for... um, maybe around seven years, and no one uh, find out what was going on in my body. But when I get to Florida, Pancosta, one of the doctors that I saw over there said, oh, I am going to do, you know, some special exams. It was a really bad news because the doctor told me they took the whole chunk of that growing... Um, Tissues there, and he said to me, um, This has to be uh, something for more than five years. Said, I'm so sorry, but you really have a terminal cancer. The cancer uh, spread is so old, I don't know how, why uh, nobody didn't find it before, but you have to. I prepare for the worst, and I said, oh, God, I'm thinking about my children and about life and the future, and all the diagnostic was that it was a terminal cancer. Um, They asked me if I wanted to be submitted to a surgery, at least to open it to see if something could be done uh, or take uh, that uh, primary uh, part of the cancer out. And I say, yes, it's okay. Um, and I believe, I remember that I was in my living room, my children were around, and I said to them, you know, talk to them about my situation and that I, ha- I am, was going to have surgery. And I said, okay, uh, God is a miracle God. And also, every one of us has a time. If God doesn't heal me this time, I am still believing that he is my healer. If he doesn't believe me, uh, heal me is because I is my time. But um, I believe in God. And uh, two days before the surgery, I was alone in the house. Uh, everyone was uh, maybe a game and working, uh, different things. But I was alone around 6 six uh, p.m. in the evening time in my room, bedroom. And I was thinking about the situation that I was going to be in a surgery. And I said to God, God, I believe in you and I know who you are and I am ready if you want to take me or you want to heal me, I am ready because I keep believing in you, doesn't matter what. And what I want to ask you is that you fill my heart with peace, that I don't worry, that I just trust you and whatever you do. That will be fine. And I was just praying like that. But suddenly I looked at the door of my bedroom and I saw a tall figure that just standing there. And I really, it was tall. It was with all um, white gown all the way down and something on the head was, you know, going down too. And I said... Am I looking at something real? And I blink my eyes. When I blink my eyes, in that moment, that figure was walking toward my bed, and go at my bedside, touch my bedside. I could feel when touch my bedside, and I couldn't talk anymore. I was like uh, paralyzed, that I couldn't move. But I was no afraid. It was a joy, a, a great joy in that room that I, I couldn't move. But I thought, and I said to him in my mind, because I just talked with my mind, I said, "Is you, Jesus. Uh, why are you here? Are you coming to take me with you? Or are you going to heal me? Heal me. And you know what? He answered me. And he said, I am here to heal you. And when he said that, oh, the joy, it was something that flowed all over me. And I blinked my eyes again. And then he went back to the door where he appeared and disappeared again. I have my a uh, surgery after the, the two days and I was so so confident God healed me he told me that he healed me and the doctor say well explain everything I did the surgery and I was in the in the hospital like for four days and at uh, the third day the doctor walked in my room, and he was nodding his head with the papers in his hands, and he said, I don't know what happened, Mm -hmm. I don't know, and he said, "Why? why, why? Uh, I don't know. You are free of cancer. You have no cancer at all. All the lymphatic nodes that we took from, you know, all your body, he took. they took like eight of them, and they are completely clean. You have no cancer in your body. Now you are so clean. I don't know what happened. What happened? And I said, <laughs> yes, I know what happened.
0: Wow, what an amazing testimony let this encourage you if you think that jesus doesn't still heal he does so don't stop don't stop praying don't stop believing and let that be an encouragement let it increase and develop your faith okay so next question because jesus did tell us that we would face opposition in this world there are many that hated him and because we carry his cross There are some times that we face opposition, that we face ridicule because we are a Christian, because we stand for who we believe in. And so I wanted to ask you, what are some things that people misunderstand about you as a Christian?
1: That is a good question, because people sometimes believe if you are a Christian, you are missing to enjoy life. Because you are so dedicated to God and um or to the Bible, to the church, or whatever you are doing, and that is not true. Uh, if you read John ten ten, um, the last part said, "I came that they, you and me, they may have and enjoy life and have 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 it in abundance." in abundance not just a little bit but in abundance and also psalm 37 4 said take delight in the lord and he will give you the desires of your heart praise the lord in psalms 126 3 said the lord has done great things for us and we are filled with joy Uh, joy is something beautiful that it doesn't matter if you are going through a different circumstances in life if you believe in him you have joy even during the sad moments because joy doesn't come from the environment come from the inside the inner of of your soul and this is what I must see um, people misunderstanding about being a Christian. We are human beings. We enjoy life. We enjoy our families. We enjoy to be together. We enjoy uh, the neighbors, the community, the country. We enjoy everything. Uh, we are not missing nothing. The only thing is that we uh, see that in a different ways maybe, but we still enjoy life and also loving one another
0: okay yes definitely I can relate to that I know there are some times when people that don't understand Christianity they're like oh well you have to follow all these rules and you you know have to do this and you have to do that but it's really not like that because when you love the Lord it's so simple to follow you know what he's laid out for us And it's not exactly rules, it's just, it's boundaries. He wants to guide your life. He wants you to have the best life, like you said, to enjoy, and it's to benefit us. And honestly, it's a much more enjoyable if you see it through the eyes of Jesus. Okay, so last question. What legacy do you want to leave behind? What do you want people to remember about you? What legacy do you want to leave behind?
1: Well, the most important legacy is to leave behind me the light of the world, Jesus Christ. My legacy has to be the light of the world, Jesus Christ. I wanted to leave him in my children, in my family, my friends, and anybody that God places in my path of life. First John 1, 5 said, You are the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. And then also he said that we, as his children, became the light,
0: the light of the world. Well, if you can't tell already, my mother is a preacher. <laughs> and when she starts going, she just loves to talk about the Lord, which is great. Okay, so last question. Who is your favorite child? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, well, thank you so much, Mom, for joining us on this interview, on the episode. Um, I hope you listeners enjoy this and can get something from it and be encouraged. And if you ever have any questions about Jesus, about Christianity, you can find me um, on the Heartlift podcast on Instagram. Send me a DM, and I would love to talk with you. But once again, thank you, Mom, and um, it was so nice to have you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really enjoy it, and every time that I had the opportunity to talk about this wonderful light of the world, oh, I enjoy it. And I can also answer the question, who is my favorite children? <laughs> <laughs> every one of them. Yeah. I love all of them. Of course. <laughs>
0: Thank you for tuning in and make sure you come back for next week's episode. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Listen, I hope you finished this episode feeling encouraged. You can find me on Instagram at the Heartlift Podcast for more updates, weekly encouragement, and I would love to hear from you. Send me a DM. Let me know how this episode spoke to you. All right, Heart Fam. God bless and I'll see you next week.